0: Everybody, Frank Garen here, and I'm back with my good friend and esteemed colleague, Gary Beck, and we're going to talk about some great stuff here today. We're going to talk about um, natural medicine ingredients for digestive health. And when we say natural medicine, we're talking about what nature gives you, what nature created. Natural, safe, sensible, uh, beneficial. These are the things that you can use that nature has given us. A, a, a basically a bounty, bounty of stuff that we can use to aid and enhance and maintain our digestive health. So Gary, you know, let's talk about this whole thing here. Why don't, you, why don't you walk us through it? You made a beautiful presentation here and I'm, I'm in awe of it because that's that's I could tell you put your heart and soul into it. I'll let you fly the plane here. Walk us through what you want to talk about because it's. I asked you this question last week and I said, hey, what can we do about you know, what can we eat or, or, you know, what can nature give us that will take care of our gut? And uh, you said, hey, Frank, no problem. I'll come up with something for us. And here we are. So let's do it.
1: Yep, here we are. Hi, Frank, and hi, everybody. Great to be here again. Yeah, so so our talk over the last little while, we've obviously covered quite a bit of ground. We've discovered that um, inflammation is sort of at the bottom of why things go wrong and a whole host of other things so yeah this this little presentation today is going to run through some of the foods some of the items some of the the uh, supplements even that or uh, well, ingredients that might be in supplements that are going to be particularly helpful in enhancing your digestive system and obviously as a result enhancing lots of other things in your body and your well-being so it's it's uh of course, something that we understand is that the the gut is our centre and in many ways it's the centre of our well-being. So if we get it right, we're going to feel much better. And uh, there's uh, a wonderful range of foods and nutrients that, as Frank's mentioned, are provided you know, by nature for us to do the job of keeping our digestive system going and uh, soothing, healing, uh, acting as anti-inflammatories and so on and so forth. So it's a bit of an eclectic mix that I've put together today. It's, it's foods and herbs and, and other things that people may be aware of, but maybe there's one or two in here that I've got that uh, a lot of you may not be so familiar with. So let's uh, kick off. And and uh, the, first, the first one that I'm going to mention, because it's And it's not a a pure food, but it's a key ingredient in a lot of uh, products that are designed to enhance the health of your gut. And it's a thing called L-glutamine. And L-glutamine, as the name suggests, is actually an amino acid. So we know amino acids are the building blocks from protein, So the building blocks from protein, and and as far as the gut goes, this little guy called L-glutamine is a really important one because we we recreate and rebuild, regrow the cells that line our gut at quite a phenomenal rate. And L-glutamine is a key component to allow that to happen. So it's it's, of course, going to be rich in all those protein foods, whether it's beef, chicken, fish, or dairy products, but also... Right. Uh, in quite a range of uh, vegetables, beans, beets, cabbage, spinach, carrots, uh, even through to something like um, a good old fermented food, miso. So, yeah, glutamine. And the key with uh, glutamine, as I mentioned, it's part of, part of the substrate or part of the um, requirement for the growth and development of healthy Cells that line the gut. It's protective of the mucosal lining, and those of you that have been with us for a while would have heard us talk about the mucosa that lines in the intestinal tract.
0: Right. So I remember that.
1: Protective of that area. It also has antioxidant activity associated with it, so it, it helps us in the creation of one of our body's greatest antioxidants, which is known as glutathione.
0: Yes, yeah, that's big stuff. I don't know a ton about that, but I know it's important. So you're mm-hmm. going to, so that's, it's, that's it's, essential is what we're saying.
1: It is. This, is. this is one of our body's biggest deals regards uh, powerful antioxidants. And we know, of course, antioxidants have the effect of uh, culling out free radicals that course around our body, potentially creating damage. So we don't really want them doing that. And our glutamine or glutathione is created partly from L-glutamine. So it's pretty important. So let's move on to the next one, and this is perhaps a, a lesser well-known ingredient. It's a thing called zinc carnosine.
0: Don't now, know that
1: one. Yeah, so zinc, of course, we all know zinc, and zinc's um, a great, a great uh, food, um, or a, a, an important nutrient, I should say. It's involved with many, many different pathways in the body, um, but this particular form of zinc known as zinc carnosine is a really quite unique and quite clever um, component. And it's particularly good. Once again, it helps to protect that mucosal lining. Okay. But it also has properties that allow it to act as an anti-ulcerative. So if there are potential ulcers or the person is predisposed to ulcers in their gut, And that's usually going to be from, you know, poor food choices and and stress, of course. Stress, I was
0: going to say stress, yeah.
1: Yeah, big time. So the zinc carnosine is really potent in helping to to ramp that down. Um, And as a result, is a really great protector of the intestinal lining itself. So it's helping with the mucosa, but it's also helping with the intestinal lining, those those really T cells that are lining the gut That are so fundamental to us being able to absorb nutrients and so forth so yes less well known but it's actually used quite widely in in, uh, my field in naturopathy because it's a pretty key one to helping with the repair and protection of the gut so zinc carnosine and just even just plain zinc so a good old-fashioned off-the-shelf form of zinc which might be in a form of oxide or one of the other uh, types It's also a very important component because if we don't have enough zinc in our body, which unfortunately is quite common, and interestingly, Frank, I tend to see zinc deficiency more in men that come through the clinic than women. I don't know why. Really? But uh, it's one of those things. And there's a thing in the body that I refer to as the zinc buffer. When you get really low in zinc, Mm -hmm. it becomes very difficult for us to actually absorb the zinc from our diet so we really need to pull the zinc level up over this zinc buffer and then we'll start actually absorbing and assimilating from the things we're eating but if you don't have enough zinc you won't be able to produce good quality hcl good quality hydrochloric acid which uh, yeah. as you know frank is what's produced in the stomach
0: and that's what does digest and dissolves right
1: that's the thing that's that uh acid um, substrate that helps to break down the food you have right and so makes have you can't produce good quality HCL.
0: That's what gets this, so di- digested and, and lets the stuff flow through so that you can absorb and use it is what we're saying. And that's right. If, if you can't, so if you can't make that or you don't have enough of that, then you're not getting proper digestion, which means you're not getting proper um, nutrition from your food because you're not, you're not like the, the hydrochloric acid and stuff like that is not doing its job. So you're at a deficiency.
1: Yep, exactly. Yep. yep. Yeah. It's, a, it's one of those early, early stages of the process, but most fundamental. Yep. And, of course, many people um, do struggle with producing enough HCL. And I think we've talked a little bit about that. But um, yeah, zinc is involved in our body's production of HCL.
0: Now, so let's, yep, just, just want- one yeah just one question, Gary. Where are you suggesting we get all this stuff from like what you know
1: so one of the one of the good areas to get zinc from is uh whole grains okay s- seafood people may be familiar with uh oysters being a good source of zinc okay um but yeah it's it's um seafood and whole grains, nuts and seeds, so those things are all good sources of zinc
0: okay good because we want to it's good to talk about it but we want to know where can we dive in and start helping ourselves because there's a reason the whole reason we're talking about this is how to get our gut in shape and how to keep our gut in shape so that we live a healthy happy hearty life
1: yeah totally yeah okay so let's so, move on to the next one so sure next on my little list is a, is another key nutrient we will get the foods in a moment but uh, another key nutrient is good old magnesium
0: yeah i know we need that Yep.
1: And, of course, magnesium is one of these uh, minerals that is associated with hundreds of different actions in the body, hundreds of different actions, hundreds of different uh, enzyme processes. And when it comes to the digestion, one of the areas that uh, is often forgotten is that if we don't have enough magnesium, it's really difficult to deal with the sugar in our diet oh so really really important in healthy glucose metabolism so that is the breaking down and the utilization of sugars in an appropriate way and this of course is a big big problem with a lot of um uh the the public we've got this massive problem with obesity we've got this massive problem with diabetes and the the term has been coined which some will be familiar with of dio- diabetes so the two often go hand in hand and magnesium is a really, really important nutrient in that regard. Um, so
0: what you're saying is, and, and I want to, I want to point this out because I think we got we have something big here. You're saying that if um, we're short on this, we can't keep our sugar properly adjusted or, or set up and being short on this can is it, am I making a stretcher, or can it really help cause problems with diabetes and blood sugar and stuff like that?
1: Yep, yep, absolutely. Yep. So if, you, if your level of magnesium is low, and remember, folks, that it's suggested that in our um, modern society and our our modern diets, potentially eighty percent of the adult population don't get enough magnesium, and Uh, Yeah, in this regard, Frank, if you don't have enough magnesium, it's impossible to process the sugar in your diet properly. So what's going to happen then, it's going to be stored. It's going to be stored as fat. It's going to sort of gather around your midsection. It's going to gather around your liver. It's going to gather around your heart. And ultimately, it's going to cause problems.
0: Never even dawned on me that there was a connection. That's that's pretty crazy. I mean, you're saying it. I believe it, it. It's just... Amazing some of the things that are so seemingly innocuous or you wouldn't even think about or paying attention to. Meanwhile they're biting you right in the ass and, and causing you all kind of health problems.
1: Yeah, well this is the, the fascination of the body, you know. So many things are interconnected and linked to to things that we don't even think about. So yeah. Uh, people associate magnesium with the nervous system and yes, that's important for their nervous system. Right. And uh, it's also uh in a simple fashion, kind of a relaxant, if we don't have enough magnesium, then our whole system, muscles, tissue, nervous system is going to be more tight and tense. And that also translates to the gut lining. You can imagine if due to uh, low levels of magnesium, all uh-huh. the tissue inside your gut is Tense and tight all the time.
0: Oh, we don't want that. That's not. It's good. not
1: going to be able to do its its little job of moving around and allowing the food to sort of mix and mash and and all the rest of that. So yes, it's uh, yeah a really really important one. And there's not many people that I see have enough magnesium in their body.
0: Well, I'm going to go have two scoops after we uh, get done <laughs> here. So I'll Absolutely. see you and raise you, smart guy.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So I had mine
0: this morning, so I'm all good. Good on you. What's the next one? Cause this is all, again, we're naming names and we're, we're talking about why they work, but um, really what we're saying is we love you. We care about you and we hope you love and care about yourself and we want you to have a happy life and a great body. So these are the things that you need to be aware of in order for you to prosper and thrive and be happy, you know? And, 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 I mean, obviously I'm not the only person that's unaware of this stuff. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, well, this is it, Frank. We, we go through our lives, and depending on, on yeah. our interests or our concerns or our, or our issues, perhaps, um, food often doesn't come into the equation. We just think it's stuff that we kind of have to have. Um, yeah,
0: because you're hungry or you just put it in there and stuff like that. And
1: yeah, But you, we've got to remember that all the different components that nature provides in our food have roles. They all do something in the body. And uh, if we can get more of the things that are doing the good things in the body, then of course, that's going to give us uh, all sorts of benefits over time.
0: Well, they're even saying, you know, not the coronavirus, 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 the every every episode that we put out, but, um, you know, they're even saying that, uh, uh, they're, they're seeing a co- correlation between um, weight and health and and diabetes and obesity and all these other things so it's yeah. um you know you don't know what they're going to find after this is all over but right now as of today they're they're sorting it's you know making making some connections you know what i mean
1: oh definitely the those yeah we know that uh when it comes to seasonal flus the the elderly or the people with uh existing health conditions or what we talk Comorbidities um, right. are, a, are more at risk. But what's coming through on the data right now is that people that are obese are more at risk, is significantly more at risk than those of um, uh, moderate weight. So yeah, it's 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 a big one, and uh, we know that that, that sugar, obesity, diabetes, heart disease, all are really very closely linked.
0: It's scary to think you're just up a few pounds and you could get hit harder because America in particular, like so many people are overweight, you know what I mean? It's, it's, you know, I I mean, I'm sure every country's got its own problems, but like, we're we're not in good shape here. You know what I'm saying? We're just, we're not in good shape.
1: Yeah, so, yeah it's, it, and it, it can change. You know, this is, the, this is the thing and this is the important role that we have is to bring this information to people so that they to, realize, oh, yeah, actually, I can do something about that. I can add some of this into my day. I can right. add this into my uh, meal. So, yeah, let's, let's move on to the next one. Sure. So we're going to talk about a few few key little herbs and, and uh, foods that I quite like. And, and the first one is ginger.
0: Okay, yeah, I know ginger is good for it. Ginger's got some really good healing properties, doesn't it? Like yeah, preventive, preventative, ginger's and marvelous. stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it's so whether it's uh, in a, in a dried powder form uh, in your cooking, or fresh root ginger, which is what I, I tend to use the most of. Uh, I add it into a lot of our meals, and I often will make a fresh ginger drink, so a hot ginger drink. Now, the nice thing about ginger is it's one of the best uh, foods to use to combat nausea. So it, it, if you've got any yeah. sort of nauseous feeling and unha- how unhappy gut feeling, then ginger is a wonderful soother in many cases. And, and people use it in many ways, including uh, for travel sickness um, and, uh, you know, dodgy belly stuff all around. So yeah, anti-nausea, very soothing. It's, it's a, it's a really it's a warming herb, but it's also very soothing. And uh, I think I think back in history, I think it was uh, Queen Victoria, she always had ginger after a meal. Apparently she was known to be a bit of a glutton and uh, the ginger was the thing that sort of kept her sane. It, 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 uh, really?
0: So, <laughs> so that was the thing that did it, right?
1: That <laughs> was the thing that did it, Kept yeah, her on ginger.
0: an even keel and a, and a level, what do I say, level playing field? Yep, Keep the same,
1: yep. So yeah, ginger, so it's yeah, good for soothing, uh, it's great as an anti-nausea agent, but it's also a wonderful little stimulant for the production of our digestive juices. So it actually helps to stimulate production of some of those key digestive components, including enzymes and, and other things. It also will have a, a mild effect on helping to stimulate HCL, that hydro- hydrochloric acid that we talked about, Frank.
0: So how to how to how to produce some of that because you need that for your it's amazing, you know. I sit here and I take notes and my mind starts wandering and I'm looking and I'm thinking. It's like you have this amazingly beautiful, wonderful, humbling, awe-inspiring body that just runs itself whether we do what we're supposed to do or not. You know what I mean?
1: Yep. <laughs> it is amazing, for sure. Yeah, it is amazing. So yeah, don't don't forget the ginger. Use use it often and use it in as many ways as you can. Okay. Um, yeah, so good old ginger. As I say, I, I actually use ginger, the fresh ginger, to make a drink. Sometimes I'll add lemon to that. Sometimes I'll put a little drop of raw honey in with it, depending on, on what I'm wanting to achieve. Right. Yeah, ginger is uh, always, always in the cupboard, and it so, uh, so doesn't take much to chop a little bit up and ginger throw hot water over.
0: Ginger could be a carrier if you... if you um...
1: It can, yes yep it's one of those clever little nutrients that uh, enhances many other things as well so let's move on it's the next one and this one is um, an interesting one so peppermint peppermint of course uh, people think of the sweets peppermint um, which generally don't have a lot of real peppermint in them but Uh, The peppermint plant, uh, usually the leaves are what is used, and that can be in a dry form to make a peppermint tea, or uh, some people might use the peppermint essential oil. Uh, And it's another one similar to ginger, so it helps with with, um, upset tummies to, to some extent, and particularly when there's the sort of little griping pains that might be even linked to that whole leaky gut syndrome. Okay,
0: yeah, because we talked about that.
1: So, yeah, if there's bloating and a lot of gas, then a little bit of peppermint could make a big difference. Uh, it's It's another one of nature's clever tools in regards to acting as a muscle relaxant. So, once again, if there's griping and tension in the gut, a little dose of peppermint could just help to relieve that quite nicely. And
0: that, and that's a natural thing that you can do that, um, you know, is, I mean, it's like we say nature's medicine or nature's giving you something to, to run with that you don't have to um, necessarily pay for. You don't have to worry about its, its safety. You don't have to worry about anything. You can just...
1: Yeah, you get a good quality um, fresh peppermint tea and, man, it's got some marvellous properties there. So, you know, if if uh, you've been up, up out for a meal in the middle of the day and you've perhaps overindulged,
0: right,
1: a little bit of peppermint might just help to relax things. Because, of course, internally the, the gut and our intestinal tract particularly our small and large intestine, they're moving all the time. You know, they're wriggling around this action known as peristalsis, which is... Yeah, the, they're
0: doing... It's, it's, uh, it's probably the wrong analogy, but it's almost like a snake um, or a pipeline. Yeah. It's not like a snake constricting, but like a pipeline moving, isn't it?
1: Yeah, there's, it's, it's flexing and twisting and moving all the time.
0: Right, and, right.
1: And when it's okay, we don't feel that, of course. It's happening internally, but it just doesn't and we are none the wiser. But of course, if there's tension or there's griping or these, these contractions in the little gut muscles are, are not going to water, yeah, we'll feel it. And um, that's obviously a signal that, hang on a minute, you've either eaten something that your body doesn't really enjoy or you've done too much. And um, yeah, what can we do? So peppermint, you could reach for some peppermint to help relieve that if that's the case. Uh, and and there, are, there are, some people use the essential oils, you, you know, a drop of the essential oil, or some people um, may use a supplement. So you can actually buy little capsules that are, have peppermint oil in them. And they can be dropped down to help uh, relieve some discomfort. So, yeah, peppermint, another nice one that has similar properties to ginger, but um, they're a little bit different.
0: Okay, what's our next one here? I'm looking at this. My my um. As always, you're filling my brain with good thoughts here.
1: Yeah, cool. Yeah, we're going to go to um, another one. Well, a couple that I've sort of bundled together here. And uh, MSM, which is a, a um, sulfur compound, MSM, and uh, also quercetin. They, they have some quite nice properties. But the key to these two, quercetin is actually a flavonoid. And uh these two components once again are quite often used in gut healing or gut repair products that we use and they have the wonderful um ability to help ease inflammation so they're both really quite powerful anti-inflammatory now Crocetin is a really cool uh, nutrient so as i said it's a flavonoid and right. the place that you'll find quercetin is uh, in citrus fruit, in the pith. So when you peel the skin off a, off a orange or a mandarin, right. so that white pith that sort of clings to the, to the uh, outside of the fruit, that's where you'll get a lot of quercetin.
0: So that stuff's meant to be eaten. People wouldn't so that necessarily... stuff has some
1: amazing properties. Yeah, as I say, it's a it's a really clever anti-inflammatory. It's also right. got some really cool properties that help to act as a kind of an anti-allergy type component. Really. So the chrysotene, yeah, for people that have sort of mild intolerances or mild allergies to different foods,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: or even seasonal allergies going on, um, you know, to to uh, spores that might be floating around in the breeze at different times of the year. Cursetin can help to stop that in its tracks, can help to stop that uh, allergic response in its tracks. It's a really amazing little product.
0: And the next one coming up is another good one.
1: Yeah, another big one. Good old fermented vegetables. Yeah, you like this. Now, you know, with Throughout the ages, all the different societies that have thrived have used some sort of fermentation process to not only preserve their food, so that they obviously have food sources for a longer period of time, but a nice benefit is that they enhance the gut. So, of course, the fermented vegetables are going to be providing a whole host of beneficial microorganisms, adding to that microbiota that we have become to know and love, uh, they 'll help to um, provide enzyme activity and we right. really need enzymes to do all the processes in our gut and they 'll provide even things like natural uh, a natural source of B vitamins is often found in fermented foods so ki- what 's fermented
0: like kimchi and stuff like that
1: yep kimchi sauerkraut um, uh, through to uh, tofu and tempeh, those kinds of things. Yep, pretty much anything can be fermented. And you know, some people are uh, producing things like kombucha and kefir these days, which are old-fashioned fermented foods that once again provide all sorts of goodies. And about...
0: one of,
1: yeah. One of, and one of the other things as well is providing all the you know beneficial microbes and and uh, live enzymes. B vitamins. They also have the effect of helping to, once again, stimulate stomach acid, stimulate bile, which is a bit further down the tracks. So we first produce HCL, the stomach acid, and then as food travels a little bit further, we produce or we add in some bile. And then we add in pancreatic enzymes. Now fermented vegetables will help with the production of all of these components that are fundamental for healthy digestion and a healthy gut. So we can't really get away from the fact that fermented foods in one shape or another-
0: We we need them. We have to have them.
1: Could be beneficial for pretty much all of us, yep.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, Gary, we've got another piece of this list to to chew off here. I was gonna say I wanna kind of digest everything we've gone over, but that would be be hokey of me. Um,
1: That would, Frank, you would never say that, would you?
0: (laughs) let's take a commercial break and uh we'll get right back to this so we're going to pick up with uh, vitamin d i believe next on the list so we'll we'll cover that we'll
1: we'll carry on with a few others and uh, yeah thanks guys it's been great talking again today we'll speak to you again real soon
0: cover that in part two Excellent. excellent 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 thanks guys